So, Charlie, that's an interesting... Uh, we could take it up before we get into your stuff. Um, huge thank you for joining us. Let the viewers know a bit about you first, if you're not familiar. Sure. Uh, I'm an author. I've written books called The Octopus of Global Control, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, and my latest book is called Hypocrisy, Surviving in a World of Cultural Double Standards. So I do that. I have a Macroaggressions podcast. And as her boy mentioned, uh, we're both on TNT radio now. I do a Saturday morning show. You've been nice enough to join me. And um, and her boy and I got to meet each other in person, even though we've been on each other's shows uh, multiple times in Austin this summer for the American Liberty Awards. We were all sort of nominated for some awards. We didn't win, but we won because we got to hang out and have a good time. And we we wound up, I'll tell you, just kind of like on a funny side story. We, we got out of this. It's down on Sixth Street in Austin, Texas. So it's where all the bars are. And it was crazy, right? We were in this in this um, in this uh, club that had been converted into, you know, they're using it for these this award show. And it was packed with people. It was really a fun, well done event. But we got out of there pretty late, like about two, you know, one thirty-two in the morning and looking for something to eat. And right or not too far away, they have all these food trucks. So we said, oh, this looks like a good place. So we stopped for the food trucks and one of the other uh, TNT radio guys was there. And what we didn't realize was that while this award show was going on, because we were inside, there was a huge pride event that was happening down on the streets. So when we got out of our event, we just mingled in with the crowd and we didn't realize what was happening until we were like maybe under the second or third taco uh and it was madness out there there was a whole lot of stuff going on i'm just gonna say it was uh it was hard to if ever there was a time to ask people what their gender was it was going to be during that event because there was some i had questions man we all had questions we saw some wild things but great guys um and her voice um He's a wealth of knowledge, man. So I didn't know he was going to be on. Great to great to see him, and great to see you, of course. Cheers, Joe has got a statement here. I have an octopus of global control sweatshirt. I want to send you, Charlie. Yes. Okay. Fine. Send it. Um, email me. You go to my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. Joe, uh, email me, and I'll connect with you. That's awesome. <laughs> what about me, Joe? Where's mine? Yeah. Yeah, Joe. Question from Leo. Are you aware of the demonic's agenda and the involvement of the Swiss government in giving who diplomatic immunity and allegedly WEF as well? Wow. Well, listen, I'm not surprised because um, Switzerland is an interesting place. You know, you've got the Bank for International Settlements based there. You've got the you've got CERN. You've got, uh, well, at least partially in, in, in CERN. I understand it runs through several countries, but um, you've got the World Economic Forum in Davos. I mean, there, this is a place that has been deemed off limits, right? Neutral. I'm fine with neutrality. I'm anti-war, but, but off limits, why? What exact, why, why is, why is this place not, I mean, it's beautiful and it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I've, I've been lucky enough to go there a couple of times and I think it's a, a, an amazing place, but why is nobody allowed to bomb it <laughs> during World War II? Why was nobody allowed? Nobody's allowed to mess with this place. And it happens to be the home for a bunch of very diabolical agencies. I have questions. <laughs> All right. So we're going to, we've got Charlie for an hour at seven. I'm going to put this question to him on locals. I can't show it on here. Um, so we're going to start with Yuri Bezmenov. 
Who the bloody yeah. hell is Yuri Bezmenov? Yuri Bezmenov is an interesting guy. He's a former Soviet spy, and he was with the KGB. He was, I think, after living in Russia, he was in India for a long time. He's a linguistics major. He's um was a and I think along that era of his life when he wound up in India, he started to have some real questions about his role in um as a spy and 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 the Soviet Union in in general, you know, just questions about operations and what we were really doing and you know things like that. But most people would know him after he defected to the United States uh for these great interviews that he's done with G Edward Griffin. G. Edward Griffin wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island. Um, you know, he's, he does Red Pill Expo. He's he's like a, a original gangster of the alternative media. Mm-hmm. He hates, he. you think you hate central banks. Nobody hates central banks more than G. Edward Griffin. And I, was, I had the pleasure to meet him. Uh, we had a layover in Mexico City. We were both headed to Anarchapulco in 2019, and I had about an hour with him, and he couldn't get away from me, and I just had a million questions for him. He was so nice. He he answered all of them. He couldn't have been um, a sweeter guy, and then I got a chance to see him speak. We both – I went earlier in the day. He went later, and, and watching him, he's um, – you know, he, he was he, – he, he's part of my awakening. You know, I, I don't know how much of a percentage I would attribute to G. Edward Griffin, but it's part of it, right? He under he taught me about the money side of things, and it's very important. And you'll and so you catch these videos from the seventies with Yuri Bezmenov and G. Edward Griffin. They look like they're on their way to Studio Fifty Four after the interview. You know what I mean? They're all they're, they're, you can tell. You don't have to you don't have to find the copyright on it. You can tell about when it is based on how they're dressed. It's ridiculous, but. But he he broke down this very simple formula for what they called ideological subversion. And he talked about how the Soviets knew that they couldn't beat the United States in an arms race necessarily because, you know, the petrodollar and the world's reserve currency and the Federal Reserve and the U.S. is just going to outspend you, right? They're just going to print funny money and outspend you. So you have to be strategic about it. And you have to do things differently. And if you can get the culture of the country that you're, you know, that you view as your enemy, and it, in this case, it was America, but it, 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 it's not limited to America. There's a very simple formula that you can use if you're patient, because it's going to require about 25 years. But if you've got 25 years on your hand and you're not in a hot war, but you just want to destabilize your enemy from inside. Yuri can tell you how to do it. And he said that everybody that was in the KGB read the, the manual. They all knew how to do it. Now, whether or not you could put it in practice is a different story. But so, so I did a, a show recently about him because so much of what he has talked about, you know, was all theoretical when he's dressed in his 70s outfits. And then you, you listen to it now and you go, oh, my God. Like, this is exactly what has been done to us. This isn't even, it's not even like, oh, I could see how it's maybe sort of. No, it is the plan that has been run on us. And in fact, I would go so far as to say that this 25-year cycle has been conducted twice on us. Once and then again. And it always, and I got to be careful with this because I think we're on YouTube. So, you know, but it always sort of comes around. You need uh let me let me just I'll go through the four steps for you and then and if my cat will be 
nice enough to get off my paper. You know how cats love to sit on your paper. It's I need this paper, please. Thank you. she's so sweet but you can't sit on my notes i'm gonna need them for sean um four stages of ideological subversion aka active measures aka psychological warfare okay the first step demoralization this is this process takes the longest this is 15 to 20 years he says you need to educate an entire generation in marxist ideology the reason why it takes so long is you've just it's going to take a while on the education side of things so um, what you do is you take over the colleges you infuse unusual ideas uh, through the professors and you start to uh, you you say i'm not going to worry about I'm not going to worry about the World War II vets that are coming back. They're never going to believe, you know, they're never going to buy this stuff. I'm going to focus on the kids. I'm going to invest in the children. And it's going to take a while. But what you start to realize in retrospect is that this is this has really been done to us with the help of the university systems. So, so you educate an entire generation in Marxist ideology over the course of 20 years. Step two destabilization this is the destabilization of the economy of foreign relations and their defense system now this takes about five years so now we're at 25 years for this right so you first you start to educate people to believe nonsense and then you uh you really start messing with them on the inside to try and create some sort of you know you just start to turn the pot up you know a little bit a little bit at a time and start to get the economy screwy start to get these these kids to you know believe things like there's a hundred different genders and things like that right and then step three this is the shortest one this is a crisis violent change of power structure and economy this only takes six weeks now i would suggest that this crisis we have seen in our lifetimes on two occasions one was september of 2001 Wink, wink, if you know what I mean. And the other started in March of 2020. And you know what that means as well. Once you create this crisis, what he says is that if you can subject people to nonstop fear and terror for six weeks straight, what it will do is it will uh, it will change their brains. It will put them in a position where you can shower them with good information, statistics, and and videos of the truth it won't make a difference so <laughs> cat's gotta go sorry um so we we see we can use maybe the most recent one as an example of this in 2020 six weeks six weeks to flatten the crisis you know what i mean <laughs> so so you can you can get people you have to build up to this right you have to have the right mind you have to have everybody softened in the heads and then you introduce fear into the equation and not just a little bit of fear a catastrophe and after you do that he said uh, you know six weeks you 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 destroy these people's minds and then he said after that i can take them in his example i can take these people like he'd say there are no concentration camps in the Soviet Union. We say there are no concentration camps in the Soviet Union. That's what we tell everybody. Well, then afterwards, after this crisis, after this six-week situation, I can take them and show them with their own eyes the concentration camps in the Soviet Union won't matter. 
Mm-hmm. They're just they're broken. They'll they'll never understand. They'll never get out of that fear mode. They will constantly be subjected. They, they it, they're lost. He said these they're they're broken. Their brains are broken. They're never going to be put back together. And then you go into step four, and this is the longest, potentially the longest process because this is this is is um. There's no end. This is a, a sort of uh, indefinite. It could take. It could take a while, but this is called the normalization. And this is a period of stability until the next crisis, of course. And, you know, it, it, it may last indefinitely, but he, he talks about this as an, as an, using an example of the Soviet Union. And keep in mind, this is like the late seventies, early eighties. When he's talking about this, he's talking about a, a problem in Czechoslovakia that and there was an uprising there was a bit of a problem with for the russians that were controlling czechoslovakia we rolled in the tanks we put tanks on every corner and we returned to a period of normalization we have described czechoslovakia as being normalized now so that's how he sort of described now we didn't have tanks on every corner but we had the new normal we had the new, whether it was after 9-11 and you've got to take your shoes off to get on an airplane. Oh, this is going to be temporary. It's good. I just got back from Las Vegas. They make you take your shoes off still. It's been 22 years. Okay. Mm. I mean, it's normal. It's the normalization process. And, and then you, and you have a new generation that then grows up in that normalization process. And they've never known anything other than TSA at the airports or the Department of Homeland Security or you know, whatever. So, so he talks about how you, you can, if you've got a quarter century on your hands, you can change a country from the inside without firing a single shot. And that I would suggest is what is what has been done to us. Now I'm not saying the Soviet union did this to us or Russia or whoever, you know, I'm not saying that I'm just saying the people that, that run these countries over time, they know this. This is a playbook that can work if you're the Soviet Union. It could work if you're the World Economic Forum. You know, it doesn't matter. This is this is a a a, a it's it's broad enough that if you just take this strategy and overlay it on a current society, you'll get the same results Yuri talked about because they understand how human beings work. They understand the psychology of fear. They understand the mass manipulation of the mainstream media. And they understand that human beings want to go back to a, a period of normal. They just don't want people messing with them. Like, just tell me what I need to do to make it stop. You want me to take my shoes off? Take my shoes off. I got to get on this airplane. You know what I mean? So they, they can get you to sort of incrementally do things against your own better judgment because you're scared and you don't want Remember what happened last time, right? We're keeping you safe. So you need to do what we say. And, and this is diabolical. And this is where we are fascinating if you've got any questions about this or anything else please put them in the chat for charlie and i will start out with my question about this then so does the internet circumvent this playbook because it would surely rely on like you said one of the factors was the complete control of the mainstream media but now we've got i mean what we are doing right now is something that is possibly circumventing the flow of such information yeah yeah so an unfettered pure internet would most definitely create a problem for them so they don't allow that right so that so you have the fact checkers that come in and don't check the facts they 
make sure that you're telling acceptable lies and and they, they you you have the the social media platforms that ban people and things and ideas and groups you have uh, video sharing platforms like the one that we're on that has a vested interest in making sure that nobody knows what's going on outside of the acceptable parameters. So they'll allow you to discuss it and debate it vigorously within the acceptable uh, you know, area of discussion. But anything outside of that, then they just shut you off. Now, I'd say that the Internet would have definitely thrown a monkey wrench into the demoralization process if we were talking about the internet of maybe 2010, not the internet of 2023, where everybody, you know, where it's, it's, it's highly controlled now it's a uh, shadow band and, and, and whatnot. But, um, do you know what yeah. Hawaii, do you know what Hawaii called it? What's that? Do you know what Hawaii called it? The al- no, algorithm, what? we're in an algorithmic gulag. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's exact that that's a real that's a real game and appropriate too since we're talking about the demoralization of the Soviet Union, right? So so yeah. it, things evolve, right? The di- so we're not a, they don't need to put you in a digit they don't need to put you in an actual prison when they can put you in a digital prison, right? If 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 the world is now digital and everybody, you know, in your voice, they don't need to hide you away in in some salt mine somewhere when they can just make give you you know freedom of speech but not freedom of reach right so they can they can allow you to pretend or to think that you're you're out there talking to the masses and in reality they're they're cracking down on you so question from d mcgill we are so fed up with these so-called elites the question is how do we defeat them charlie well listen it's a good question and we are fed up with them but I will, I, will, I will remind people this. These people, they make a lot of mistakes. They think they're gods. They act like gods. They, they, they envision themselves to be godlike. But you have to look at what has happened over the last three years with the thing that shall remain nameless here on this channel. And you, 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 have, you look back at the process of how they started to terrorize people make people feel very scared about things and then offer them the solution well i think that if these people were were uh you know impervious to our our fighting back against them it wouldn't have they wouldn't have needed to resort to free crispy cream donuts for a year <laughs> or laps around talladega speedway or lottery tickets or lap dances or free cheeseburgers or things like this is what you do when you're when you're losing this is what you do when you're you're on plan B or plan C. So we defeat them by remaining. Well, first of all, we always remind ourselves that we do not comply with unjust laws. If there's somebody standing out in front of a grocery store that says you need to have a mask on, you walk right past them. You just don't even participate in their nonsense. That takes away this power. Laugh at them. It's hard. It's hard to be an authoritarian maniac when the entire room is laughing at you, you know. So, so, so do we need? And 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 let's also not forget we have the numbers. If if we decide we're not participating, they then there's nothing that these people can do. So, again, they they control the media and they control how we're supposed to feel about things. But if we get honest with ourselves, we realize that we really have the. The, we have the power here 
but we've we've got to um, you know we've got to stand up to these people and say we're not participating in this. We're not doing this a second time around. Shouldn't have done it even the first time around. We're not going to allow you guys to come in here and say, oh, you know, well, uh, we used to have money, but now it's central bank digital currencies, and that's just the way it is. Everyone just says, no, we're not doing it. We're not participating. We aren't using them. And then what do they do? Then what? They collapse. And and, and enough of these failures. And look, they are on a schedule. And we know this because the 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 finish line is a, is twenty thirty agenda twenty thirty. It's a big talking point. They're all saying it right. So they in their minds, that's the benchmark. Got to get all this stuff wrapped up by twenty thirty. If they have a ten step plan to get you from where we are to to enslavement by twenty thirty, but they can't get the second part second step of this plan figured out it doesn't matter that they have steps three four five six it none of that matter if you can trip them up if you can throw monkey wrenches into their machines if you can be non-compliant if you can be disruptive and you get them off of their schedule they're going to make even more mistakes because they need things to go a certain way and they say we need to do this first before we do that and before we do that and it and if you can't get off step one you're in trouble so so and listen to the group look at the group that is in charge, you know, that that's that's relaying the message from these lunatics, the the Yacinda Ardennes and the you know Trudeau's and Macron's and 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 Sunak and all these people, and you look at them, you go, this is the best you have. This is that this is the team that's going to lead us all into global enslavement. I'm sorry, I just require, I have I require higher quality psychopathic tyrants than these people. These people are awful. <laughs> They're embarrassing. Everybody is laughing at them. So again, I don't want people to feel, I mean, I want everyone to be honest with themselves, what we're up against. This is a no joke. It's serious, but do not for a second allow these people to, to, to have you believe that this is something that we can't overcome because we most definitely can. Well said, Charlie, we've got 10 minutes left on this platform before we extricate ourselves from the algorithmic gulag. And I put these questions to Charlie that would make the uh, perpetrators of the gulag heads explode. Uh, The locals link is in the description box. It's free to join us over there. It's free to watch the continuation of this. I urge people to do so. And you will hear me ask him these questions. Anyway, next one, next softball question is, if the actor shown as Biden is not the sworn in president of the United States, who rules America? Well, I don't know who all rules America, but I can tell you that there are some people in key positions inside the Biden administration that were, before coming into his administration, members of the Trilateral Commission. Now, you cannot be a member of the Trilateral Commission and hold high elected office at the same time. So they're not members now, not because they have some sort of ideological difference with them. They had to put their membership on ice in order to rotate into the Biden administration. So we're talking about uh, Susan Rice. We're talking about uh, Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinken, you know, secretary of, of, of state, you know, the, these people, assistant secretary of state, their deputy secretary of state. We're talking about these people are definitely involved in the administration. Now, are they running it? I don't know. I mean, and, and what the trilateral commission wants and, and once you know this, then it'll be pretty obvious uh, that they're involved. What they want is 
open borders. They want the end of national sovereignty. They you know, these nation state concept is all outdated. This is and trilateral commission was founded by Zbigniew Brzezinski and David Rockefeller. So, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> so, you know, uh, and, and they really want to connect Europe, North America and Asia together in, in a banking standpoint. That's that's really how they they saw things as this banking standpoint. But as things have gone on in, in the last 30 years or 50 years since they've been in in uh, existence, that the, the financial component of the trilateral commission, though, it's still there and very much a, a part of it. There's been an additional side, which is they, they really want to do away with borders. And so when you hear things about the southern border of the United States is being left wide open, when you start to hear about um, migrants being moved up from uh, North Africa and the Middle East into Western Europe, all that stuff's not accidental. That, that, that is being made to happen, of course. We, we understand that. I know your audience understands that. But the people that are behind the, Joe Biden, the pre, the actor with the mask on playing Joe Biden. Some of them are trilaterals. Obviously the United Nations is behind him for sure. That's a diabolical institution that is they're uniting nations. All right. Into a one world government. That's their plan. So, so they want to do that. And, uh, and so you can feel a lot of this there's whether it's Biden, Trump, Obama, whoever, if you ask who runs the show, I mean, the military industrial complex, let's be honest here, they're deeply involved. They don't make decisions on foreign policy without the Rand Corporation being involved, without the uh, Atlantic Council being involved, without NATO. So you've got all these unelected, unaccountable, non-governmental organizations that are out sort of outside of the orbit of the government itself, but deeply powerful. And then you get people that just go back and forth between all of them. So they'll 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 sit, they'll go sit on the board, you know, of the Atlantic Council, and then they'll or or or, or be a NATO, you know, which is basically the same thing. And then they'll find then a new administration comes in that aligns with who they are, and they'll say, all right, well, I'm gonna now I'm gonna go in there. I'll be the director. I'll be Secretary of Defense. And you go, yeah, but you work for Raytheon. You were just working for Raytheon. You're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm interested in defending us. Who would know better about defense than me being, you know, working on sitting on the board of Raytheon. It's like, no, no, you're going to give your old company a hundred billion dollars to go blow up the middle East. Like we know what's going on. So, so the usual suspects really are behind it. I'll tell you who's not running it. It's not Joe Biden. Put your seatbelts on, folks. Four minutes to locals. We've got two questions on the same theme. We've got about two or three minutes to answer these. Joe is asking, what do you think the real agenda is behind all the trans activist BS and men getting voted in as women of the year? And the other question, which relates to this, is from Kit Kat. What do you think about the UN saying gender is a modifiable determinant? So this is, okay, the World Economic Forum's push is for the fourth industrial revolution. The fourth industrial revolution, according to them, not me, is transhumanism. Transhumanism is the rebranding of an old term. It was rebranded by uh, uh, Julian Huxley back in the 60s. He, it used to be called eugenics. But eugenics has such a bad name. He used to be the head of the British Eugenics Society. So they, they changed the term. They said, you know, eugenics is 
you know, it's got a bad reputation, you know, with all the murdering and, and things. So let's call it something else. And that the, the term that they chose was transhumanism. Now, when you see that there is a push to create transhuman, that leads me to think that there is a, a push. This, this gets back to, 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 to Yuri Bezmenov talking about uh, demoralization, educate an entire generation in Marxist ideology. Well, if you can get every, a new generation to believe that gender is a construct and that then, then you're just, you're making it just a little bit easier for them to take that next step and say, humanity is a construct. You know what I mean? Like transhumanism, like think of it like this, think of it the way a, um, a genetically modified tomato came into existence. You can't patent an actual tomato. You, you make it one deviation, less tomato, make it genetically modified, and then you can own the seeds. You can patent it. You can do whatever you want legally. So if you become, if you are a human being, you can't be patented. You can't be owned. That's called slavery. But if you become one deviation less human, do the laws apply to you anymore? That's the question. Of course, the World Economic Forum is deeply behind that. And I think that the trans agenda is tied to that.